I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. By any chance, do you watch Major League Baseball? If you don't, now might be a good time to start watching. 17-year-old Arjun Nimala has recently made history by becoming the first player of Indian descent to be selected in the first round of Major League Baseball draft. So, yeah, big news. The team that selected him, namely Toronto Blue Jays, shared a promotional video on social media yesterday. in which arjun talks about quitting cricket for baseball and i quote him i used to play cricket back when i was younger we used to play it inside our house but ever since i picked up baseball i stopped playing cricket end quote well it might be purely coincidental but it is interesting to note the similarity between arjun's words and the vision expressed by jim small the senior vice president of major league baseball whose current mission is to expand the game and the business of baseball to South Asia. He said in 2020, and I'm quoting him, Our belief is that everyone in India is a baseball fan. They just don't know it yet. Well, Mr. Small, that's quite a big statement to make. But this is exactly what Major League Baseball is trying to do in India. India loves cricket. Oh, what an understatement. India is in a mad, mad, mad love affair with cricket. and mad love translates into mad business after all the indian premier league or the ipl is india's most expensive intellectual property holihan loki a global investment bank pegged its enterprise value at a staggering 15 billion dollars major baseball league thinks that indians will also love baseball the most popular bat and ball game in the world after cricket if the organization continues making investments in grassroots awareness in fact in 2019 when major league baseball opened its first office in india in new delhi it started a program called mlb first pitch which aimed to introduce baseball to school children across the country well a fun fact gen zers got to know that one more bat and ball game exists in the world when we saw nobita and his gang playing baseball in the japanese anime doraemon Anyway, back to the business of baseball. So, in Dubai, slowly and steadily, another league is forming with its focus on the Middle East and South Asia, namely Baseball United. And recently, it announced Mumbai as the home of its first franchise. The team will be called, wait for it, Mumbai Cobras. The inaugural showcase tournament will reportedly begin in November this year. But amidst all of this, a million dollar question Do Indian sports fans really want to watch another bat and ball game? That time will tell. But as per Financial Times, baseball in its home country USA is struggling to get young people to the stadiums. As FT columnist Patty Wallmeyer writes, and I am reading it out, with my long boomer attention span, I could tolerate low scoring, low hitting, sometimes 4-hour games. But my generation Z children would not. they began to boycott baseball well before replacing cricket maybe baseball can learn a thing or two from it beginning with how to rejuvenate itself for newer generations time for baseball to go 2020 what do you think 
For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you read yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for 12th July 2023. India's ambitious chip manufacturing dream is in a limbo. In the latest development, Taiwanese electronics manufacturer Hon Hai Precision Industries, aka Foxconn, has pulled out of a joint venture with mining conglomerate Vedanta. The big plan was for Foxconn and Vedanta to invest $19.5 billion to set up a semiconductor plant, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's home state, Gujarat. But Foxconn has dumped Vedanta less than a year after the much anticipated partnership was announced to usher in the government's plans to make India into a leading hub of semiconductor production. After the fallout, Rajiv Chandrasekhar, who is the MOS for electronics and IT, tried to soften the blow, saying that this does not mean a full stop for India's semiconductor endeavors. IT Minister Ashwini Vaishnav also tweeted saying that both the companies Foxconn and Vedanta are committed to India's semiconductor mission and Make in India program. But this is certainly a setback. When two companies signed an MOU with the Gujarat government, PM Narendra Modi called it an important step accelerating India's semiconductor manufacturing ambitions on Twitter. The PM expected it to boost the economy and jobs and create a huge ecosystem for ancillary industries. Apparently, now, both Vedanta and Foxconn are on the lookout for other partners to set up manufacturing units with. And both these companies plan on following through with their wishes of investing in India's chip production dreams. Now, you're probably wondering why this deal came crashing. Well, Foxconn hasn't spelled out any specific reason behind the decision, but as per its official statement, it wants to explore more diverse development opportunities. But it's probably not that surprising that the deal has fallen through, given that there have been plenty of roadblocks, including Vedanta's $2.5 billion debt float. In one of our previous episodes, we had talked about how Vedanta and Foxconn were facing a hard time getting the green light from the government as they neither had a technology partner nor a manufacturing license to produce 28mm chips. As you may already know, there's been a state-backed Atmanirbhar push into chip-making with the Modi government saying that in the current geopolitical scenario, trusted sources of semiconductors and displays hold strategic importance. Not to mention, Chips are the new gold. So, the Indian government has decided to provide a financial incentive for semiconductor manufacturing. The government has offered to bear up to 50% of expenses to set up projects, but with some terms and conditions. One problem that Foxconn and Vedanta faced was that their joint venture did not meet the TNCs to be eligible for the subsidies. In fact, some reports from last month suggest that the government had been quite unhappy with how things were going and was thinking of denying the funding. A second hurdle, as I mentioned before, seems to be Vedanta's huge debt. ET reported that Vedanta's parent company, Vedanta Resources, had racked up a debt of about $4.2 billion, of which $2 billion had already been settled. The rest of the $2.2 billion is due for repayment before the current fiscal year ends in March 2024. Third, as FinShots points out, there has been a lack of expertise in Vedanta and Foxconn partnership. Vedanta is a miner, and although one of its group companies makes telecom equipment, including fiber-optic cables, 
it has no experience in chip making. Partner Foxconn is a gadget maker. So what lacks here is the technological know-how which they could have achieved with a tech partner. But that third wheel has remained elusive for the joint venture. Semiconductors have suddenly acquired geopolitical importance with the ongoing chip war between the US and China and a lack of widespread capacity to make high-end chips. Many countries, including the US, Japan, China, Korea and India are racing to set up fab facilities to meet rising demand from industries ranging from gadget makers to weapon manufacturers. Despite setting aside $10 billion in incentives, India has been unable to attract global leaders in chip-making so far. The government is still processing other applications that its incentive program has attracted, one of which is from ISMC, an Israeli tech partner, Tower Semiconductor, currently on hold due to an Intel takeover. Reuters reported that another application from Singapore-based IGSS has also been stalled because they want to resubmit their application. The only other company that showed any interest is US-based Micron Technologies, but that is for a semiconductor testing and packaging plant. So India is still waiting for a true blue semiconductor fabrication unit. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IBM. The episode was written and researched by Anup and Sneha, edited by Jaydeep Vedya, Shorburi and Dinesh Narayanan, produced by Manaswini, mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.